Welcome to the Pre-PT Grind Podcast. Before we begin this episode, we would like to thank you for choosing to invest time and knowledge into yourself as a pre-PT and future physical therapist. This episode has been sponsored by our new Acceptance Navigator series, which is a free four-part video pre-PT series where we teach you exactly how to dominate as an applicant by learning the new way to PT school acceptance. Learn how to finally get into the driver's seat as a pre-PT and not leave your acceptance to chance by shooting in the dark and hoping for the best as an applicant. This series is the most value we have ever given away and it's free at www.acceptancenavigator.com. That's www.acceptancenavigator.com. Don't miss out on your chance to get in the driver's seat of your acceptance. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the rest of the podcast episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Pre-PT Grind, where we help you become the best pre-physical therapy applicant and student you can be. My name is Natalie, and I'm one of the podcast directors. I'm very excited to be on here today because we have the chair of Winston-Salem, Dr. Miller, joining us to answer a few questions regarding their program. Thank you, Dr. Miller, for taking time out of, the, out of your day to chat with me. So in five minutes or less, tell us about what led you to the profession of physical therapy. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. So I'll start with a little with my story, but then I'd like to talk about what I typically hear because I'm not a traditional therapist. I had a PhD in exercise physiology and was asked to come teach in a physical therapy program. And at the end of the first year, the chair said to me, would you like to become a physical therapist? So I'm what I call a backwards physical therapist. Probably the traditional, most of the faculty that I have here, they're the traditional PT. They either had an injury or they were in sports or somebody with a stroke in the family. So many different stories, but it all led them to wanting to get into physical therapy. Some came straight into physical therapy. One of them got an athletic training degree and was an athletic trainer and then came into physical therapy. There's no one route to coming into physical therapy. And so you can be creative there. When you originally got your degree, did you ever think that you would be in the position that you are today? No, I planned on becoming a, uh, either a coach <laughs> or becoming a professor. And once I finished my PhD, I knew that I wanted to be a professor. I love teaching, but I have always been involved in sports. I was an athlete or maybe I should have said I was an athlete wannabe. I did compete, but I wasn't great. I have also been involved with sports indirectly. My husband was a coach, so I often would help him with his athletes with body composition testing or uh, flexibility, some things like that. So indirectly, I was already sort of in sports medicine. So physical therapy seemed like great tie. Um, never planned on being a chair of a program, but our paths all take the twists and turns along the way. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so next question is, students put extra work into bettering certain parts of their applicants to be best, to be an overall applicant. Since every school values different aspects of the application, what would you say is an aspect of the application that you value most or that catches your attention when you see it on an application? 
So our program, we really try to look for somebody who's well-rounded. And that's why, yes, one of the things I'll talk about later is always find out about the program you want to get into. But having been doing this a long time, I can see somebody with a 4.0 student, but they can't talk to somebody. They're not a people person. And a physical therapist has to be able to interact with people. So we look for well-rounded people. We look for students that are involved in volunteer stuff, people that have acted as leaders, even if it's, you know, secretary of your pre-PT club, some sort of a leadership activity. Other things do stand out sometimes if you've managed to get involved in research as an undergraduate, uh, if you tutor, you know, if you tutor freshman and sophomore when you're in your last few years, that shows us again that you're willing to take on a leadership role, that you're willing to reach out to people. So that's probably it. We're looking for somebody that's got a lot of different attributes. Yeah, and that's definitely a common thing. I'm currently going through this cycle, and I've noticed, and even just other people in our organization, I've noticed that we've had a few with low, uh, but they're overall very well-rounded, and they've gotten into certain programs over other students. So next question is, for a student that visits the campus, there's a good chance that they'll only see so much of the campus or the program. What are some things that you would say are unique about your program that a student visiting on a tour would typically not see, but rather someone in your program would see or experience? Well, I think I'd start with, uh, there's a lot of things, but we're very, our university motto is enter to learn, depart to serve. So our students are very involved in different service activities. Importantly, we have a community care clinic that's a few miles from here that serve the underserved population in this area. And our students all, we do volunteer work down there twice a week. We also have an MS Fit clinic where we work with people that have multiple sclerosis, who, especially those who don't have money to afford to, to go elsewhere. We have some fall prevention programs. So a lot of service activities we think is important. Part of being a good physical therapist is not just treating the patients that are paying you, but helping the community in, in, at a whole. Another thing that I think a student won't necessarily see, although we try to talk about it, is the family atmosphere in our program. We are very proud here that if you're not one of 100 students in a class. We take in a small class, and we're all in this together. So we try to get the students really as part of a team right from the first go. I think one of my favorite stories that is sort of exemplifies that family is we had a young man whose family had some difficulties and he thought he was gonna to have to drop out of the program. He didn't even have the money to go back home to go to help them. The entire class chipped in to get him a plane ticket so that he could go back to help his mother uh, for a short period of time. And that to me is a family. And all of us try to make sure that all the students have that they need to be successful regardless of whether it's academic or food or, or something else. We also make sure, you know, some schools, they'll have a research lab, but the faculty use the research lab, but students aren't in there. Our research lab, our students are in there. They're actually the ones running the machines to collect data. They, we take them down there just for teaching activities so they can see how different things are done. So there's lots of different things that unfortunately you don't get to see on a tour, 
but they all build into a program that we're very proud of because it is very interactive with the students. Those are awesome programs. Um, for the next question, um, for a student who's accepted into your program and is there for the next three years, what kind of resources do you provide to put them in a position to help them succeed? So programs like tutoring or mentoring, things like that. So we actually start before they come into the program. <laughs> so they, our program starts in January. So in September, they come for an orientation day. We have a book that we give to all of them about growth as an individual, professional growth in the, in the health professions. And we give them some reading assignments. We help them do some interactive things with the, the group that's going to be coming in with them. So if they need a roommate, they may find a roommate. We divided them up. We said, anybody with a roommate, you come to this end. Let's get to talk to each other and know each other. So we, we try to do those. And we assign them a buddy from the class above them. So usually at the end of the orientation day, they go out for a social activity with that class that's one above them. And then when they come in, they each have a person that they know they can go to if they have questions anywhere from, what do I do if this happens, to I'm having trouble with anatomy, do you have any ideas? So that's one simple way. We do have tutoring available. We have faculty advisors, and advisors in a physical therapy program are sort of different from anything you guys might expect as an undergrad. Advisors here are people that you can go talk to if you're having problems with just, you know, stress, anxiety, time management. We have to, the students have to meet with us on a semester basis. We talk about behaviors, professional growth, try to help guide them and mentor them. So faculty advisors sort of take a different role on here. Luckily in our program, because we're also a small program, we have a low student-faculty ratio. So when student is struggling in a class, I can guarantee you that we faculty have the time to help that individual student and make sure they get what they need so they can be successful. We've also tried to do some creative things, such as the first year we know that everyone struggles with anatomy. It's a lot of material and it's overwhelming. So a few years ago, we developed a thing called Anatomy Jeopardy Night, and all the faculty donate prizes, and the second-year students run it, so they do the questions, and all the first-year students who are taking anatomy, they have teams, and they go through this, and it's just a fun way to help de-stress the students, help make sure they're getting the information they need so they can be successful. And then obviously we make sure they know about the different university resources such as counseling, such as that. So I think those are a lot of different little things. Yeah, those are definitely helpful. So I know you had mentioned that you guys do your orientation in September, but for a student who's applying, does your program conduct interviews or like accepted student days before orientation? And if so, what could a student expect during that course of the day? So we don't do interviews. So we, uh, at least not currently, the faculty are talking about it. I'll probably be retired before that goes into effect so I don't have to worry about it. And, and any program, I'll always double check because things do change in all programs as to how they do their admissions. So basically once admissions opens up in, Jan, in July when people start putting stuff into PTCAS, 
as it starts coming through, then the faculty all take turns reviewing all the different applicants. Sometimes we may call to say, we don't see this on your transcript, are you taking it? Or what are your plans to take it? But otherwise then we'll start reaching out. We don't usually start offering uh, positions till January. Sometimes we might offer a few in December as an early Christmas gift. <laughs> um, but usually in January, then we try to spread it out because the deadline's not till January 15th. We try to make sure that we've left a few slots open for those people that come in late. Now, this is my one advice to all of you there going through PTKS. Do not wait till the deadline, regardless what school you're going to. If you send, if you submitted it in, in like early November, then usually we'll be getting it by the end of November. If you submit it January 15th, there have been times when I didn't get the verified application for two to three months. By that time, we've offered our positions. So do not wait till the deadline. That's my big advice there. Well, in even PTCAS, um, I know my first deadline this cycle in October was October 1st. And I had visited a school over my spring break last year. and the program director said, submit your application no later than the beginning of September so that it gets to us in time and we have it. And if we need anything else from you, you have that time to send it to us and not have to worry about the application not getting in. That's very important. Yeah. So for many students, they're going right from, in, right from their undergraduate degree to their graduate degree. While others may have not been non-traditional students, no matter what the case is, everyone may experience first-day jitters. What can a student expect on the first day of classes in your program? So again, I said we did the orientation in the fall, one orientation, and that's so they can know the people that are gonna be in their class. And I think one, that helps to find out that everyone else is having the same sort of jitters. And, and I go through the schedule within that here. We also implemented a few years ago a thing called PT prep. So the first three days, they're not in class. We do all sorts of different activities. We review our introductions. They get to meet all the faculty again and have pizza with them and relax. We have people come in from counseling to talk about stress management. We have somebody come to talk about study strategies and how they may need to rethink how they study because graduate work being different from undergraduate, uh, test taking strategies. So we try to do a lot of things the first few days. And then this year we've changed it a little bit because I, I try to get feedback from students later on. And then a few students said, yeah, you talked about stress management, but I've never had problems until this year. And so what we've done is we'll introduce it, but then we're gonna have people come throughout the semester to say, all right, now you've had your first anatomy test, so now all of you are freaking out. So let's talk about some test taking strategies that may help you. You've, you've have, you're having trouble managing your time management with these different courses and all the hours you're in classes. Let's talk about some ways to manage that. Not only do we do some stuff right at the beginning, but then we try to do some stuff spread out through the semester to help them get through that first semester overwhelming feeling of, oh my gosh, I wanted to get in here. I'm not sure if I can do this. And I remind them that they can. That's really cool though that you have that three days like blocked off to kind of 
get everyone situated and I think that's definitely a good way to start out on their PT career, knowing that they're not alone in the whole program and the process. Okay. We know that there are a lot of pre-PTs that have rough starts to their journeys and might have lower grades, finding themselves in a situation where they decide to lock in to physical therapy later on in their journey. At Pre-PT Grind, our mission is to help push and guide students to take the correct course of action to ultimately get into PT school. We have seen it often that students have gotten into PT school with a GPA as low as 2.4. For a student with a low GPA, who wants to get into their PT school, what would you recommend? So the, the first thing I recommend is communicate with that school. Look at their prerequisites and then communicate with somebody. Most schools will welcome you to come and, and sit down and talk with them. I can't tell you how many times I've had people come in with their transcript and with their background. We sit down and we talk through it. And, and some schools may not be able to do anything. We can't you know, because of the nature of the school, we can't bring in somebody below a 3.0. But I think there there are strategies. Then you look at that GPA and you say, all right, what can you repeat certain courses and how many would it take for you to, to pull the GPA up to at least a 3.0 so that then you can be looked at. And one of the things I often tell students is don't just keep taking more and more classes. Mathematically, you know, once you've had 120 credits or something, taking more classes, it's going to take a lot for it to raise the GPA. Repeating a strategic course, even if you may think, well, it was an English course, it's not important, but you got a D in it, repeating that may help increase that GPA more than taking a new course. Sometimes, um, sadly, I'll look at it and we'll calculate it out and we'll say, all right, there's no, at least for our university, there's no way you're going to be able to hit that. So then I say, all right, see if you can find out other of the programs who are more flexible with the GPA or consider another route. If you just, you said PT is what's for me. Well, are there some schools that if you get your PTA degree, then they'll ignore your undergrad GPA because they'll look at your PTA GPA and the fact that you managed to pass licensure. Some schools, if you went and got a master's degree, then they might put less stress on that undergraduate degree and more on their master's degree GPA. So contact that school and see what their recommendations are as what, you know, do you have an alternate route or can you tell me of a school that you might know of that does have that, that other route? You know, the, the nice thing about like a PTA degree is then you can be out there working, making some money, maybe paying off some of the undergraduate bills before you take on graduate school bills. So, and you may find, boy, I, I actually like being a PTA, you know, so there's positives, you know, but if it's something you know is for you, then you have to figure out, is there another route if you can't figure out how to get that GPA up and the school you want to get into can't alter that requirement? Perfect. Okay, so our final question. I know you had already said that a major piece of advice that you would give would be to submit your application ahead of time, but is there any other piece of advice that you would give to an applicant during their pre-PG journey in general, and maybe not just like when they're applying to programs? So I always start with do your homework. So if you want to come into PT school, 
find out what different school, what the school looks at. Is there a pre-PT club that will help you boost up your, your application? Do they look for volunteer hours? Is there some way you can get your foot in the door in that program helping out by volunteering with some of the activities? So doing your homework about what you as a student need to do to get into PT school and thinking long-term, it, you know, one of the things students like we know about our program is it's not an expensive program. Three years of graduate school can be very expensive and you wanna think about how much do I make versus how much is it gonna cost me? And you know, thinking um, strategically about, all right, what schools can I afford to go to or why am I going? Honestly, most employers aren't gonna look to say, oh, you went to this school, so we're not gonna hire you. They're gonna look to see what you specifically did and do you have a license? So that's my thing is do your homework and then you gotta put in the work. Do you have more questions? That is it. So I just wanted to thank you again for taking time out of your day to do this interview. I know that a lot of our students have been interested in your program, but thank you so much for getting on and doing this interview. Well, thank you to you for having me, and I hope this helps some people. Again, reach out to the programs. All of us always want to talk to students who are interested in coming into PT. Yes, definitely. Thank you again, and have a great day. You as well. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Pre-PT Grind podcast. This show has been brought to you by the Pre-PT Success Program, a program designed to take Pre-PT students and help them become excellent DPT school candidates without wasting years of frustration during the application process. To learn and master Pre-PT Grind's six-step process that will get you into physical therapy school, the Pre-PT Success Program is exactly what you have been looking for reach out to us at contactpreptgrind.com, a.k.a. our Facebook Messenger. And thank you once again for joining us on this episode. We look forward to seeing you next week on the Pre-PT Grind podcast.